Welcome back to Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, but go by Bry the Comic Book Guy as well. I appreciate all the listens so far. I'm very excited to see how many have tuned in. Please feel free to share as much as possible. I would love to reach more people that haven't read these storylines and would just be into the movies and want to know more. This one has definitely not been in the movies, and as a fan of both Justice League and the Avengers, it was a great read. Today we're going to cover Avengers and the Justice League. And this is brought to us by the legendary George Perez and Kurt Busiek. Now these two have done work for both Marvel and DC over the years, so if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be them. It's a four-part story jam-packed with characters. This story takes place both in the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe, so it keeps swapping back and forth. And it ends up featuring every Avenger and Justice League member ever on their rosters. The issues we're going to be covering will also be posted on my Instagram, at BryTheComicBookGuy. Issue 3 is one of my favorites. It's a George Perez masterpiece that has every character from both teams on a wraparound cover. Since this is a self-contained story in a four-parter, we're just going to go right through. Today we're going to cover books 1 and 2. It's a lot of stuff going on. And you're going to recognize a lot of the characters from the movies and TV show throughout the whole two episodes. Now issue 1 we start out. There's two universes at a glimpse and they show them going about their lives, but these purple eyes project to them and scream into all the universe's inhabitants' minds, and it's saying, why? What is it? What is the secret? Tell the truth, tell me the truth. Now the power of these eyes and what's going on make the universes explode under the powerful wrath of these purple eyes. Then we see a familiar character in the Marvel Universe, the character called the Grand Master. We've seen him in Thor Ragnarok, and in the movies he was a goofy guy who ran the contest of champions. Now, while he did do that in the comics, he's also a much bigger deal as a cosmic being in many different things that have happened in the comics over the years. Here we see him getting knocked off balance by the purple eyes. He tells them to stop because they threaten to tear apart the universe and to show himself. The purple eyes start to glow and a body starts to form. The figure completes its transformation. He says, I seek the ultimate truth. I am Krona, and I will not be denied. We flash forward a week later, and we see the Justice League in a fight with a Marvel bad guy called Terminus. It's a giant robot AI that the Avengers have fought numerous times throughout the years. So the main Justice League team uh, in this story, outside all the appearances we are going to see eventually, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, who's Kyle Rayner in this incarnation, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, the Atom, and Plastic Man. Since they've never faced Terminus before, they have to figure out how to beat him, which they do. Batman is the strategy guy, so he helps figure out how to do it. But they're really confused because he just suddenly appeared and was wrecking everything and was totally unknown to them. After the fight is over, the former Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, who is now going by the name Spectre, he's a cosmic being in the DC Universe, he kind of evolved and took over the position, he appears to them and says, Terminus doesn't belong here, I will remove him, and then they both vanish. Then we shoot over to the Marvel Universe, and we see the Avengers fighting Starro. Now, that's that big starfish we saw in the Suicide Squad movie, the James Gunn one. So the same thing, they don't know how to fight him, they don't know what's going on, he just appeared over New York City, and the Avengers have to fight him. Now, the main Avengers cast at this time are Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, Hank Pym as Yellowjacket, uh, Wasp, Vision, the character Triathlon, and they have some major support by She-Hulk and Carol Danvers, who was going by Warbird at the time. And as I said, all the Avengers and Justice League characters appear eventually throughout, but these are the main rosters that we're going to be seeing throughout the story. So Scarlet Witch ends up being the one that finishes off Starro. She connected with uh, him through one of those mini starfish things and managed to shoot him out of the universe. 
She knows that he's not from their universe, so she's trying to figure out what's going on. So the Reserve Avenger Quasar alerts the Avengers from an outside listening post that several new beings are starting to randomly appear in different parts of the galaxy and are also unknown, but that has the same wavelength and energy signature as Starro. We see the character Lobo attacking the Shi'ar Empire and other DC villains attacking Marvel planets. They all show the same signs and everything that they're from the same universe, so they're kind of puzzled how all these different beings from one universe is coming in. Now, in the DC universe, the Justice League sees the same thing. Skrulls are attacking Hawkman and Hawkgirl's planet and so on. They figure the same thing out. But in the DC realm, the Flash has this thing called the Cosmic Treadmill that he can use to traverse the multiverse. We've seen this many times in different storylines, and it's a constant use for the DC heroes to be able to do it. Superman helps them, and other members of the Speed Force help them too. The Flash ends up on Earth in the Marvel Universe and ends up in a little town where a mutant is being attacked. He tries to help them, but his powers stop working. He tries to grab the kid and take off running, but the speed force is cut off from him. He's in a different universe, so his powers are different. So that's going to be something we see on both sides a little bit more. This mob thinks that Flash is also a mutant. He's in a funny costume, so he thinks he's a mutant as well. He manages to escape back to the DC universe. He's beaten and his costume's all torn and everything. And just as he is about to explain what's going on, the intruder alarm goes off at their orbiting watchtower. It's the Watcher. He's standing outside of the watchtower watching. I know, that is a lot. Now, they don't know who he is, but they think he's an intruder. Then the Grandmaster shows up. They cage him. Green Lantern cages him in a big cage. And Wonder Woman's lasso proves that at the moment he is no threat. He tells them that the barriers between their universe and another have been fractured and they're both endangered. They need to gather 10 cosmic items to bring them together to fix everything. Five from their universe and five from the Marvel universe. But the ones they need to get first are the ones in the other universe, Marvel universe. And the ones in their universe are some of the shown only occasionally in DC. We've seen a few of them in the comics over the years. Some of them known, some of them not well known. Uh, You might be familiar with maybe one or two of them. Uh, The items are called the Eternity Book, Green Lantern's Power Battery, an object called the Orb of Ra, the Spear of Destiny, the Medusa Mask, the Medusa Mask, which is worn by the character Psycho Pirate, and a trio of items called the Bell, the Wheel, and the Jar. Now, he tells them that assembled in time can save everything. They fail to do so, the universe dies. He mentally places the locations of the Marvel Universe items in their heads to save time. Before he vanishes, he tells them that others will be seeking these items as well. Now, Batman, as the skeptic, right away, he's like, he doesn't like what they're doing, that the fact that they're doing something they don't understand fully because someone they don't know told them. But he is, he's got a point there, but they need to investigate it anyway in case they're being told the truth. So most of the League decides to go. Flash remains behind because of his powers, and he does help them traverse, but he doesn't go himself. So in the Marvel Universe, after everything with Starro and everything came around, Tony Stark made this early warning system to tell them when others cross over. It immediately goes off when brought online because the League crossed over. They come to the Marvel Earth, and Superman scans the whole planet from space. He sees Doctor Doom standing over his people. They find Genosha wrecked from a huge mutant disaster that left the inhabitants all dead. They see the Hulk smashed through a town, and he's eating uh, from a huge restaurant, just pigging out. And then we see the Punisher taking out a mob gang. We also see Batman get a little angry about this, and you see him kind of run off to the side uh, when he's supposed to be doing the mission. Now, these images are somewhere near the locations where they need to find the items. They don't end up fighting the items, but they all end up on this island called Monster Island. 
It's been featured in the volume one of the Fantastic Four where the character Mole Man lives. Well, the team had all split up and they meet up on the island. We learned that Batman had gone after the Punisher and had spent like a half hour just beating the crap out of him. Plastic Man is telling him he went off mission. We would have been here sooner, but he was beating up this guy in Kevlar. So we also see Superman start yelling at everyone, very un-Superman-like. But they immediately get attacked by monsters while Batman goes for the first Marvel artifact they actually locate. It's an item called the Ultimate Nullifier. Now in the comics, it's a big thing in the Fantastic Four's universe, Galactus, uh, Silver Surfer. Anybody that holds onto the Nullifier and aims it at whatever can totally wipe it out of existence. So the Marvel guys know what it is. Uh, Right before they make their getaway with it, Hawkeye knocks it out of his hand, out of uh, Flash's hand, with an arrow. And then Iron Man blasts them back to their Earth. Now, the Justice League is pretty pissed about this, but then they figured those are the other guys the Grandmaster warned him about. Now, back on the Marvel Earth, they secure the nullifier, but Vision alerts them that they're being watched, and they are. This time, it's the DC cosmic being Metron. He sits on a chair called the Mobius chair, and that acts as if this huge chair of knowledge, anybody that sits in it will instantly know everything in the universe. Now, he's watching them, and he's about to talk to them. He tells the Avengers that he isn't with the Justice League, but they are looking for 12 items of power. The ones from the Marvel Universe, you might have already heard of a few. If you're a fan of Doctor Strange, you've heard of the Wand of Watum, the ultimate nullifier we've seen, an item called the Cosmic Cube, the Evil Eye, uh, the Asgardian Casket of the Winters, and something we all know from any of the Marvel movies, the Infinity Gems. Now here's where it gets interesting. He tells the Avengers that the League has to be opposed. They need to fight preventing them from putting together all 12 items because the Avengers universe will be destroyed. Now, as you're a reader, you're like, well, that's not really everything that's going on. But we see the Atom. He had shrunk down and he was still in the Marvel realm. And he's like, wait a minute, that's a lie. Metron goes on to tell them that he will give them a device to go over to the DC universe and help them locate the items. It ends up being a a modified version of a mother box. It's a little bit different than the ones we saw in the Zack Snyder Justice League movies. Vision interacts with it and learns how to use it, and they're off. They get to the DC Universe, and they end up in the Flash Museum. They see TV shows and everything that are dedicated to the Justice League members, and the Avengers are kind of jealous because the heroes are treated a whole lot different in the DC Universe than the Marvel Universe. So Captain America starts screaming at them, Again, it's very uncap-like, so you see Superman and Captain America are really starting to act weird, and you do eventually find out why. He says, they are not justice, and the League are tiny gods trying to be worshipped. He says, you don't see anything that's wrong, we need to figure this out and and stop them. And the League and and everybody ends up seeing the same thing with Superman, and the Avengers are like, what is going on with Captain America? It does come to fruition, you get to see what happens later on. Now, I mentioned the League because just at that moment, they show up while the Avengers are on a rooftop trying to gather their resources and everything. Superman demands that they stand down and go to prison for being loose cannons that jeopardize their world survival. Captain America starts arguing back and forth with him, and both teams are looking at their leaders like they're both out of character now, what's really going on. So Captain America starts calling out positions for the Avengers to attack, while Thor hurls Mjolnir at Superman, completely knocking him through a building. The last page is seeing the Grandmaster's headquarters. Now, here's the lines of both parties because Metron is there too, and the Atom, who somehow got there as well, and he hears what's going on. And here's the dialogue. And so it begins. They do not know they play a game, a game of my designs, and the stakes are quite real. And Metron says, yes, but you do realize, and I hope that Krona has no intention of abiding by your rules. If he wins, he will claim his prize, and he lose- if he loses, he will do whatever it takes to gain what he seeks. Grandmaster says, true, neither universe may survive in the end, 
but this was the only way to delay him to buy some time. So events have to play out as they will for the sake of two universes. Let's hope Corona doesn't discover that I'm simultaneously playing a deeper game. And at this point, we don't know what he's really talking about until we start listening to the next dialogue part that's in book two. And we flash to the beginning where Corona and Grandmaster have met. Grandmaster tells him he is unknown to him. So Corona tells him where he came from. He says, I'm a scientist, a seeker of knowledge. I search for the secret of creation and the truth what existed before. My home universe... Where I was originally from, I sent probes in back in time, back almost to the moment of the Big Bang itself. He saw a video of the, we see a video of the probe actually, and he sees a hand in the swirling mass at the dawn of creation. He continues, when I pressed forward, a force was unleashed, dangerous and destructive. It blew apart his lab and threatened the lives of the people around him. He said his fellows condemned him for seeking the truth, for doing what they should have done themselves. They feared a legend of utter destruction should the truth be learned. So they casted him out of his body. They didn't take his immortality away, but they separated his consciousness from his body and cast him out. He's been traveling beyond his universe and sought the answers. He saw signs everywhere that the legends were true, but no matter what he tried to try and prove it, the universes didn't survive the process. Now the Grandmaster asked him, must his universe be destroyed to gain what he seeks? And Krona says, yes, I have done so before and will a million times over to gain what I need to know. Krona tells him that if he's forthcoming, uh, Grandmaster will be saved and his universe will be saved. But he's only doing this because Grandmaster's powers are blocking him from probing the universe. Now, Grandmaster offers up this information. He tells Krona that there is a being in the Marvel Universe who survived the Big Bang and knows what came before it. Now, longtime readers of Marvel Comics, Fantastic Four, things like that, would know this is Galactus. He survived. He's been a being since the Big Bang. He was forged from the Big Bang. Corona demands Grandmaster tell him who it is and where to find him. And he says he is the Grandmaster and lives for games. They both have something that they desire, so let's play a game for it. We don't see what they talked about yet, but we do eventually. And we cut back to the explosive battle between the League and the Avengers. Hawkeye shoots an arrow at Flash and it goes right through his face date. But it's a boomerang arrow, so it comes back. But Hawkeye has never fought Flash before, but Flash has fought Captain Boomerang, who's done it a million times before, so he's ready for it. And as a little joke, they throw in a little dialogue that Flash calls him Purple Arrow, and I thought that was pretty funny. It, it, it made me giggle a little bit. Now, Wanda's powers are working differently in the DC Universe as well. She's trying to adjust. She's not using her usual hex powers, but she ends up using chaos magic. Uh, Batman and Captain America are seen fighting on a rooftop. They're very evenly matched. They end up pausing and say they're not really enemies and somebody's pulling their strings as pawns. So Batman agrees and they both leave to figure out what's really going on. And amazingly, Batman takes Captain America to the Batcave. Nobody that has been a fan of these two teams would ever think Captain America in the Batcave. So while all that's going on, Wanda figures out how to use her new powers, and they're pretty powerful. She uses her powers to bring the Avengers back to their Earth, and the two teams quickly break up to try and gather the relics. They're like, okay, we need to stop wasting time and go. So the Grandmaster is keeping tabs on both teams' progress. Martian Manhunter calls the Justice League Reserve members to help them protect the relics on their world, while the main group goes after the items in the Marvel Universe. But it seems like some of the relics have crossed over, making it hard for them to get. So some are in one, some are in the other. Uh... Superman's team lands on Earth and he scans the planet. And he says some interesting things about the Marvel Earth. He says the Marvel Earth is a little smaller and less cities. He even comments that maybe they're backwards because they're not as developed because the DC Universe has a lot of cities and everything and the Marvel doesn't. So they break off into teams to get the relics and the Avengers are doing the same. 
The first relic taken is Green Lantern's power battery. Iron Man and Hawkeye grab it and take out the Flash. It disappears and they can't figure out why, but it turns out whenever a relic is found by the team that takes it, he has it and keeps tabs on it since he's the guy that's making the rules. He counts the Justice League grabbing the nullifier as one point for the Justice League and the Avengers grabbing the lantern as one. So it's tied one apiece. The next few groups happen at the same time across several different pages. Hawkman, Blue Beetle, and Black Canary engage Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver at the Flash Museum. Aquaman and Wonder Man engage Hercules and She-Hulk at Asgard. And Superman and Green Lantern engage Wonder Man and Carol Danvers in a city called Santo Rico in the Marvel Universe. Both teams are pretty tough. We have seen them over the years take out some really bad guys. So these teams are really evenly matched. I mean, it is an amazing series of events that's going on. Whenever an artifact is grabbed now, the Grandmaster keeps track. So uh, Green Lantern and Superman end up grabbing the Orb of Ra. Aquaman and Wonder Man grab the Eternity Book. And Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch end up with the Wand of Watum. So the Grandmaster's keeping track. It's three to two in favor of the DC heroes. Now Corona is starting to get mad, saying the game is moving too slow. But the Grandmaster says patience. And then, curiously enough, two of the players remove themselves from the playing field. What surprises could they pull off? Now, of course, he means Batman and Captain America. We're back in the Batcave analyzing what's going on with Oracle, who's Barbara Gordon. But since Captain America is unknown, she disguises her face so he can't see it. Now, Captain America explains that Grandmaster is a gamester, and there's always something behind the game he's playing. Now, Batman says Metron isn't a gamester. He's an observer, an explorer, and a seeker. So it's not right that he's involved. We flash over to Metron who's watching Galactus in the Marvel Universe devour a planet. And he's a little bit of in awe of what he sees, and he's worried that Krona is going to find out what's going on, get a hold of him, and something bad's going to happen. So Batman and Captain America want to investigate this at the source, which is Grandmaster's lair, headquarters in space. Now, Captain America is prepared for this, and he did so off-panel. You couldn't see what's going on. He clicks a little thing on his belt, and a portal opens. It's the Fantastic Four's thing, Ben Grimm. Now, the Fantastic Four sent him an interdimensional motorcycle to be able to get to the Grandmaster's realm with the help of Reed Richards, who located the Grandmaster and programmed the device to take them. Thing goes back to Four Freedoms Plaza, and Captain America and Batman head off on that little motorcycle thing and head off to get uh, the Grandmaster. So in the Marvel realm, Scarlet Witch is trying to sense where the DC guys are. But in the DC realm, Zatanna, who's the Justice League's magician and kind of mystic, she's trying to block her. So it's a fight of the uh, mystic ladies, if you will. They both sense that the heroes are going to be going for the other artifacts, and they kind of get a little visual of where they're all going to be. So they all start teleporting. Red Tornado and Firestorm from the Justice League take on Vision and Thor, but end up with the items, the bell, the wheel, and the jar. So it's 4-2 to DC. In Wakanda, Black Panther, Wasp, and Hank Pym take on Plastic Man and Martian Manhunter and end up beating them to the Medusa Mask. It was 4-3, to still in favor of the DC realm. We go to Superman's home of Smallville in the aftermath of a battle where Hawkeye and Iron Man versus Captain Atom and Green Arrow. The Hawkeye and Green Arrow fight would have been awesome to see. They took them both out and get the casket of the ancient winters. So it's tied 4-4. to We go to Paradise Island, where Wonder Woman is from. We see Vision and Quicksilver fighting Flash and Steel, which we saw him in the Reign of the Supermen. Flash ends up getting to be a little bit faster than Quicksilver and grabs the evil eye. It's 5-4 to now, and DC is winning. In the blue area of the moon, which in the Marvel Universe is a breathable part of the moon near where the Watchers live, and the X-Men have been there lots of times. You see that a couple of times in the X-Men realm and in the Avengers comics. 
Wonder Woman and Green Lantern take on Iron Man, Quasar, and Photon, who we know is Monica Rambeau. We saw her in Captain Marvel and as a kid, and we saw her in WandaVision all grown up, and she's going to be in the upcoming Marvels movie, The Marvels. The Marvel guy ends up securing the Spear of Destiny, so now it's tied five apiece. Captain America and Batman arrive at the Grandmaster's headquarters and find the Atom. He explains on how they're all being played, and the rest of the Grandmaster's rules come up in a video that he clicks on and plays. We see the recording setting the rules. If Krona wins, Grandmaster leads him to Galactus to rip the info out of him and ends up destroying their universe in the process. If Grandmaster wins, Krona leaves them alone and goes elsewhere. Now, Krona makes it interesting and says, your heroes will be my team and the Justice League will be yours. And if he doesn't agree, he will force the information out of the Grandmaster. So he reluctantly agrees. The video ends. So it's a very interesting thing that happens in the next part. We see Hawkeye, Quicksilver, and Thor, plus Firestorm and Flash. They're in the realm of Darkseid, in the, a realm called Apocalypse. Now, Darkseid is basically the Thanos of the DC Universe. Th- Darkseid is wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Now, the Avengers are all freaking out right now because they know what might happen next. But nothing happens. Darkseid senses there's power within them, but nothing is working, and it's been cut off. His lackey scanned the gauntlet, and it says, yes, it's powerful, but it doesn't work in our reality. It's only meant to be used in the reality that it's tuned to. So he takes it off and throws it away because it said, he says it's a waste of time, and he tells all of them to be gone. But as they get ready to leave and they're teleported, the Flash catches the Infinity Gauntlet. 6 to 5 DC. Now this is it. The last artifact is in front of everyone. They're on an island, and it's the Cosmic Cube. One team is on one side, one team is on the other. This time, everyone from both teams is there. They're right next to it, and it's a full-on war with these guys. They're both fighting for the universe, but sadly, they don't even realize that they're fighting for the wrong one. They're not fighting for theirs. There's a huge moment where Thor is hitting Superman, but Superman tries to stop the hammer. He's pushing back on Mjolnir. Now, Thor says, how is this possible? No being in the nine realms can do this. And then Superman slams him, like really just knocks him right out and says, I go up to 11. Now, everyone is stunned by what happened, the Avengers and the Justice League. But then, literally, all the Avengers break off their other attacks and they start beating the crap out of Superman. Like, everybody is focused on that. But no one was going for the cube. So suddenly, some of them break off and they go back and forth of who actually catches it. Green Lantern catches it, and then Carol Danvers catches it, Flash catches it, and then Quicksilver finally gets it, and it vanishes. And then everyone looks up and sees Krona and Grandmaster with all the items and Grandmaster declares it to be a tie. But right before it's declared who wins and the item fully forms, Captain America and Batman arrive. Cap knocks the cube off its balance where it was, and it lands in Batman's hand. So he was uh, told what the cosmic cube can do, which you can make a wish with it. Whoever holds the cube can make a wish with it, and it'll happen. So Batman tries to wish that the cosmic cube vanishes. But Grandmaster's onto that, and he steals it away, and he adds it to the items. And he says since Batman was the last one to have it, the League wins 7-5, to five and he wins. But Krona gets really mad at this and blasts the crap out of the Grandmaster with a huge blast. Now, Grandmaster is usually not taken off of his stride, but Krona really lets him have it. He finally mind-probes the Grandmaster, and he finds who he's looking for, and it's Galactus. And he teleports Galactus right to that island to where it is. He immediately attacks him, and the probes from his eyes launch into Galactus, and he's trying to ask the question. He, he wants his answers. Now, he's also using the energy from the 12 items to help his attack. The heroes on both sides immediately try and stop him, but this swirling mass of energy all fades to black, and poof, 
everything vanishes, and that's how book two ends. Now, that there is a book three and four, so we know something does eventually happen. So join us next week as we continue this amazing adventure of the Avengers and Justice League. There is a lot that goes on in the last two parts. We see how it led up to everything. So now we're going to see its conclusion and the, the epic battle that leads to the end. And is Krona going to win? Are the Avengers and Justice League going to start working together? You're going to find out next week on Comic Book Storylines. Please follow me on Instagram at BryTheComicBookGuy. Or if you have any questions, email me and let me know what you think so far. BryTheComicBookGuy at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs>